Hello and welcome to the Red Rooster Golf Podcast, Episode 3. Alongside company founder Kerry Moher, I am Brad Fritch, former PGA Tour player, current Corn Ferry Tour member, and Red Rooster founding partner. Red Rooster Golf, join us in waking up your golf glove game, an oft-neglected part of your equipment and yet ever-present on each and every shot you hit. Learn to manage your glove, make sure it's there to help you, and change it when it's not. Red Rooster Golf. Wake up, shake up, step up, and give. Carrie, good to see you. It's been a couple of days. How's everything up in the Great White North? It's feeling very Arctic up here, Brad. So uh, I think you know where the the two, where Fahrenheit and Celsius meet uh, as far as uh, the minuses, minus 35 or 40. Minus 40, yeah, that's it. But uh, just coming back from uh, from a ringette tournament again, and uh, no, look, looking forward to catching up. We had a had a great week down in Florida. It's quite a contrast, and um, but looking forward to chatting through the PGA show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so let's get started with our uh, episode three of the podcast. This is the the PGA show recap. I've been once before in two thousand one. Uh, before last year. I went last year. It was very dead. It was a shell of itself. Uh, but this was your first PGA show, 2023. Uh, first off, why don't you tell the audience, what is the PGA show? It's a showcase of all the biggest brands in golf. It's 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 a retail show. So it's, it's really catering to, you know, I, I guess to some degree retail stores, but mostly, you know, golf clubs. Um, you know, private, public, pro shops. And, um, yeah, it's, I guess it's, it's the latest and greatest from, you know, the biggest brands in the game. Um, but I guess, uh, as I found out <laughs> in, during registration, you know, it's, it's a, it's literally, um, you know, it's, uh, the club pros, right. Who are there to, to make orders for the year. And that's, that's kind of what we, what we saw a lot of, um, a lot of it's kind of pre-planned. So as much as we were sort of flying by the seat of our pants, a lot of this is, uh, you know, it's meetings booked on the 15 minute intervals and, and these booths are busy for these, uh, couple of days because it's, um, they, they spend a lot to be there. It's, uh, it's impressive the setups and we got a sense of, you know, the investments these companies are making. So, uh, they got to make, Hey, they got to make some sales. Yeah, and like I said, I've been twice before. 2001 was kind of the – so it was before 9-11. The economy was booming, the tech boom, the dot-com boom. Companies were spending so much money. I remember the the thousands of square feet that the OEMs were were taking up, like the, the Ping, Nike, Callaway, whatever you want to um, – whatever you want to – you know, whichever company was you think about, they were there, the big ones. And uh, that was at a time on the PGA Tour. They were paying, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars per week for guys to play their latest and greatest drivers. I call it the driver wars. So they okay. were they were out there um, just, you know, spending a ton, taking, you know, companies out for drinks, for dinners, spending all this money. And I remember going with a small retailer out of Ottawa, Tommy and Lefebvre. And, and we were, you know, just, they were doing their orders for the year. 
uh, remember, this is kind of pre, almost pre-internet. Internet was there, but not to the extent we have today, obviously. So uh, to that extent, it was definitely getting your orders in for the year, deciding what you wanted in your shop. And uh, it was it was hectic then. And uh, this year was was pretty similar, I'd say, and probably the first time in two or three years where it got back to that. Um, but like you said, plenty of PGA professionals um, taking meetings. I, I thought it's kind of like a education on one end because there's a lot of PGA collaboration. There's a lot of uh, education seminars that obviously we didn't go to, but you could tell that they were there to kind of meet and compare ideas and teaching philosophies, but at the other end also buy the products and see stuff that they've never seen before, you know, in the hopes that that one company lands a big order and then they're kind of set for the year type thing. Yeah, it it was impressive. I've done a ton of trade shows in lots of different industries. Haven't done, I've done some, you know, golf shows, consumer based. This was the first, um, you know, sort of retail show. And just the setup itself was impressive. They said it was 600,000 square feet. Apparently, the show at its peak was almost double that, if you can imagine. So as big as the show was this year and relative to last year for you, I guess probably relative to 20 years ago or 15 years ago, whatever the sort of peak of the show was, it's it's come down a little. But um, yeah, I guess in general in summary, it's a bit overwhelming. You know, you sort of have to attend it and to, to appreciate it, get a sense of it and figure out for, to some degree for, for you and I, it's, you know, what would we do differently next year? You know, would, would we go again? If we did, what would we do? Because the time flies by, there's so much going on. You can, you really just scratch the surface in a couple of days and we missed the demo day. So um, you know, really just in, in three days, it's, uh, you're, you're sort of drinking out of a fire hose. And, um, so it's, I've seen some of these shows that stretch on for a week or more where you can kind of take your time and get through. And this is really, you really ha- got to have a good game plan. Yeah, for sure. And I think we did, we did okay. And we'll elaborate on that a little bit later. Uh, but why don't I take you back about a month or so, uh, two months ago. And you said, Hey, the PGA show is coming up. Uh, do we want to go? And so kind of take me through your thought process of when you decided, yeah, we're going to go and then decide on exhibiting or just attending. Uh, Take me through how you kind of went about that decision. Yeah. To be fair, I've never attended. So I always like to, I've done a lot of shows in different industries and usually you just need to attend first, get a sense of it. You know, uh, possibly you'd be an exhibitor, a vendor, maybe it'd be a speaker. Uh, there were some great educational sessions. I, you know, you could have sat in that education session all day and got lots of great info. They had an incredible lineup um, on the hour, just awesome content. And so I think the main thing was just to kind of come down, take it all in and get a sense of whether, you know, is this a, is this a show for Red Rooster to actually be a vendor I would say like unequivocally it isn't, you know, it's, it's not our, we're a direct consumer brand and, you know, that's not who's roaming, you know, the, the PGA show it, but it, it is a great, it's, it's the who's who of golf. Um, and that's kind of a question I want to pose to you. Cause I was, uh, 
I had all kinds of interesting kind of celebrity golf sightings that, uh, that was kind of fun. So it's over the course of, you know, the demo day, which was, you know, the, the Tuesday, and then there's a sort of full day on the Wednesday and Thursday. There is, the show is still technically on on the Friday, but I think it's a, it's a half day. And I think for the most part, that's a, that's a tear down and, and kind of move on day. But, um, no, I, I think the, the main thing when we, you know, chatted about this a month ago was, yeah, let's go, let, let's check it out. Certainly you had been last year. It was a down year. We didn't learn enough and it was great to go. I'm so glad we did. And we learned a lot and kind of we'll have a better game plan in place for next year. Yeah, I think when you talk about exhibiting, uh, first of all, the cost is pretty cost prohibitive. But secondly, like you said, we're not selling to PGA professionals. We're not selling into golf shops. And so as a direct-to-consumer brand, I think it was just a a good experience to see other direct-to-consumer brands who were there, uh, but who have also kind of made inroads into pro shops. Um, But saying that, yeah, I think it was better to walk around meet some people, talk about collaborations with other companies. But yeah, as an exhibitor, I just, you know, we're certainly not there yet. And I don't know if we'll we'll ever be, but certainly not in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I'll share just a quick story on that. So we were, you know, we, we put out, you know, sort of APB, Hey, we'll be in Orlando. If you're going to be at the show, drop us a line. And we, we managed to connect with with lots of you know customers, uh, a number of our ambassadors, some current partners, and and met with some you know potential new partners. But one of the conversations that we had with was with one of our ambassadors, um, Maya, and she was um, she's working with with another one of her partners, a uh, new golf simulator company out of South Korea, and that that was an, another key takeaway at the show. Just you know, I'm very familiar with TrackMan. It's great technology. I love it. And there was, you know, I don't know, a dozen other, you know, um, simulator companies. And this one, Golf Zone, had a had a really nice spread. Um, four or five sims and a sales office, and it was impressive. But you know, a relatively small footprint, rel- you know, compared to you know the big brands in the game and and remember Maya sort of divulged, said, you know, what do you think this booth cost? And uh, I I thought it might be a couple hundred thousand. And she said, you know, this is a million dollar investment here. So if you think about what that footprint was relative to some of the bigger brands that are probably spending, you know, tens of millions of, do- of dollars to be there. And then some of them even... Um, you know, some of the apparel companies, you couldn't even get in. They're booked on the hour and they're not, you know, they're not just letting you peruse their showroom. They're literally just selling nonstop and, and they, their sales team doesn't have time to just allow you to come in and ask questions. Um, so that was interesting, just different approaches. Some are, um, are just showcasing and some of them are there, you know, literally just conducting nonstop sales meetings. And I guess when you're making that kind of an investment, you've got to get a return on it. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me from uh, the standpoint of what did I see that I was surprised about, it's the number of golf simulators, uh, indoor and 
I guess, you know, you could talk about outdoor like TrackMan and FlightScope and all that, but just the number of indoor sim companies that there are. I don't know the differences in technology. I'm not a big indoor guy, but how many there are and where they're coming from, Korea, Japan, they're all coming over to Orlando, Florida to showcase their indoor stuff. Um, I remember walking over to PuttView and and showing oh, you that technology. That's that amazing. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. You'd become a very good putter if you could install that in your in your house <laughs> uh, for probably about fifty to seventy five grand. But hey, if you got the money, go for it. Uh, but that tech is so cool. And uh, the other thing I took away was how much apparel there is in golf. It's amazing, and I guess it just shows how many golfers there are throughout North America and the world, and how much stuff can be different because we saw conservative stuff. We saw fairly out there stuff, everything in the middle, women's lines, all kinds of different things that kind of, you know, I think to be fair, gave us some ideas of maybe how we can create a little bit more of a splash in the glove area and just how many there are and how many, I guess different tastes there are out there because it appeals, you know, these are big booths, big companies, obviously their sales are pretty good. And I I just never would have thought, and of course these aren't all the apparel companies in the golf industry either, but to see how many there are was, uh, was really eye opening. Yeah. That was number two for me. It was, wow, look how many of these Sims there are. And, and then I did catch a small presentation on just, where are the games growing? You know, they talk about green grass being, you know, actually playing golf on a golf course versus, you know, the top golf slash, you know, indoor golf, which is where, and that's where the participation is really exploding there. And then, you know, there's lots of debate as to whether, you know, those avenues, the indoor and, and top golf experiences will in fact you know, grow more green grass participation, but you know, that's golf too. And, um, and that's, that's exciting for us because, you know, you use gloves in those environments as well, which is exciting for red rooster. And, um, and just to see how much better the technology is getting with, with the Sims. And, and I've even visited a couple of, of new facilities here just in Ottawa, just to get a sense of like what technology they're using and just the spaces to play are beautiful. Whereas they used to be, I remember playing indoor golf was very technology. Wasn't super great. And it was very functional. It was almost like pull up a lawn chair and now, you know, serving, you know, amazing food and drinks and there's sort of music and amazing lighting and ambiance. And, um, so it's, it's cool. It's, it's exciting to see, um, from that technology side and then the apparel I love just so diverse you and whereas it used to be very you know you wear your you could spot a golfer a mile away (laughs) and and I you know from what we saw at the show um just some really cool spins you can really you know wear whatever you like what speaks to you personally and it's, you know, still golf attire. And we saw it just really like run the gamut. And that's, that's exciting. And like, and real quality stuff, cool style, um, unique colors and, um, for everything, lots of, you know, female only lines and even kids lines, a number of them. Um, 
So that's not just that sort of afterthought. So that's, uh, yeah, that was, it was cool to check out a lot of the, um, the apparel lines that are kind of exploding. Yeah. One of the things that I was happy we did was we caught up with level where I uh, got a chance to see their new line for 2023 and, and to kind of strike up a collaboration with them. And so we'll be bringing some different products to market with level where a uh, great Canadian company. They sponsor a ton of PGA tour players. And so I'm, I'm glad we kind of not get it out of the way, but, but finally we're able to, to kind of, make that decision kind of branch out, get some new hats, get, uh, get our staff outfitted too. So that when we go to events, we'll be able to kind of stand out as the red rooster crew. Um, I use level wear for a lot of years on the PGA tour and corn Ferry tour. So it's, uh, it's really good stuff. It's, it's kind of in the middle between conservative and, and out there. I just think it's a, a solid brand. Uh, it's Canadian. And so I think it'll be a, it'll be a good partnership for us. Yeah, so you were the first PGA Tour player that Levelware ever sponsored, isn't that right? I was, yeah, I was first, and quickly after that, I think Greg Owen from the UK uh, right. came on, but yeah, now, now they have you know Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, a ton of other guys I can't think of right now, a bunch of LPGA Tour players. They're uh, they're out and about in the in the golf professional golf world. Yeah, yeah, that that was neat. It was great to catch up with with Brett who. Uh, Grew up playing junior golf uh, in the Ottawa Valley with and um, his his colleague Ryan and I'm excited to work with Levelware. I love their stuff. It's it's really I find it's really athletic. Um, it's got great fit, incredibly like diverse line. I mean, just their catalog is so deep. It's actually it's actually hard to <laughs> it's, it's actually it's hard to to choose, you know, just one hoodie or Q-zip or polo or pants that just have, have so many options. Um, but look forward to working with them and we do so much content and, uh, we're always sort of wearing a mix of different golf brands. It'll be nice to consolidate with level wear and, and then dig into their catalog and, and make some great stuff for, with, you know, for red rooster. So it's nice. We've been, there's some things that we've wanted to do in that space. And, um, that's the partner that we wanted just took us a little while to kind of get their attention. They've been so busy. It was, it was cool to catch up with Brad and hear what they're doing at these PGA events and how they're almost like replenishing inventory over the course of, of a PGA tour event, almost like in real time. So, yeah, you know, that was a that was a neat story about how you know they're they're constantly restocking the the merchandise tents or shops or which whatever is present at a at the PGA tour event and being able to do it overnight and they've got guys and gals working you know through the night to kind of produce what they sold the day before they they kind of get the idea and then okay that was Thursday we'll sell exactly the same thing Friday probably so produce that, send it overnight. That was, uh, that was fascinating. And I know that Levelware has actually been a huge caddy sponsor on the PGA tour. So there's a couple of events where they have these amazing caddy areas and, uh, hasn't always been the case on the PGA tour. So it's cool. I, I remember Canadian open has a great one. And so does, uh, Hartford. They just have these 
areas where caddies finally kind of feel welcome instead of, Hey, can I use the portage on over there? I'd really appreciate it. Um, it's kind of a, a 180 that is present now at, at PGA tour events. And once that gets visible, I think everyone appreciates that because caddies probably one of the hardest working guys out there at a PGA tour event. So that was neat. Yeah, that, that, that was cool. I, I actually, so our buddy, Nick Starchuk, he was caddying at the Canadian open this past summer and he was, he invited me to come hang with him while he was waiting for his, uh, his bag. And it was an amazing setup. I mean, they had, you could, they had incredible food and, um, like DJ spinning. They had, um, you could get a, a haircut and, uh, and so that it's, looks like it was like, uh, just a great place to hang out. And, um, uh, so if they're doing that at, at different events, I could see how that would, you know, just be a, a fun place for caddies to kind of chat and collaborate. Cause I mean, also like, as you know, these guys are grinding for hours out there, you know, before and after rounds, it's nice to have a spot where you can have like, take a bit of a breather and hang out while, uh, while these guys are grinding away. <laughs> so it was, it was a cool setup. Yeah, for sure. I wasn't always the grinding type, but I knew the guys who were and their caddies would work like, you know, 11, 12 hour days on, on practice days. And that, that would, that would wear a guy out. So it's nice to sit down in a comfortable chair and have a, a good snack and, and rest for, you know, 30 or 45 minutes while your guys having a bite to eat or whatever in the middle of that long day. One of the other things that we did at the PGA, PGA show was catch up with people that maybe we haven't met but we've collaborated with, we've done podcasts with, um, you know, the first guy that we ran into was Evan Singer from the par train. Uh, Evan is a guy who we, uh, collaborate with on, on some advertising. We've been on his podcast. He, he really focuses on the mental side of golf and kind of, you know, golf being a truly mental game and, and all about, thinking better to shoot better scores. But, uh, past that, it was just, you've never met him before in person. I have once last year. Uh, so it was good to catch up with him. Yeah. I mean, we've been collaborating with Evan from before our Kickstarter, you know, we, we were connecting during the beta testing. And so, yeah, we've, we've chatted a lot. We, we talk a lot and, uh, no, it was nice to finally meet in person. And even just get a sense of his schedule. He's, he's done the show a few times and I mean, he was, he was booked, you know, in 30 minute increments, um, you know, over three solid days and we had hoped to catch up again and it, you know, just never sort of materialized. He was the kind of first guy we, we caught. And even just on the first day, there's just thousands of people who are registering and, you know, going through the doors at the start. So that's, uh, in hindsight, that's probably not the best time to try and catch somebody You're trying to find him in a sea of people as they're trying to get into the show. Um, yeah, Evan was the first, we, we met with a lot of different, uh, ambassadors, which is great. Again, same thing. We've, you know, we've, we've been working together for well over a year. Uh, they've been, some of them been with us through the beta testing, lots of great feedback on the gloves and creating some great content for us, but it was nice to finally meet in person. We got, um, to meet with, uh, Gabby and, and Hannah talk a little bit more about trying to work with on their, uh, their forward tease initiative, which is a, a really cool concept to try and work with, you know, young female golfers who are trying to bridge the 
gap between, you know, competitive junior golf to getting a golf scholarship to, you know, maybe getting into the industry and getting a job. And so they're putting on an event in, um, in May that we hope to, to work with them on where they're bringing in, um, you know, some of these, these young female golfers and, and they pair them up with mentors, um, awesome program and, and also a good fit for our play it forward initiative. Yeah, it was great to catch up with them, meet them for the first time. Same deal, right? We've never never met them in person, but we've been sending them gloves and emailing back and forth, and, and they're telling us how much they enjoy the product. So it's always great to just meet someone in person. You know, we live in a digital world, but, you know, face-to-face for me is you can't replace it. So that, that was good. We also ran into uh, Fred Green. We've done his podcast. Nice to talk to him. In person, we ran into uh, Andrew Jensen, one of our Red Rooster ambassadors. I've known Andrew for a long time. Uh, He told a story that we'll repeat another day, maybe on another podcast from our playing days. Amazing. The comp bed. Yes, the comp (laughs) bed. (laughs) The comp bed. This will take too long. Um, (laughs) Incredible. you know, ran into Rick Young from Score Golf. Ran into Jason Logan from Score Golf. We got invited to the CPGA night, so the Canadian PGA, uh, kind of their awards night. So that was after uh, the Thursday part of the show. Uh, went into a different space. Had some huge nice turnout. That yeah, huge impressive. turnout. Nice hors d'oeuvres. Got to see kind of the the up and coming and the movers and shakers and the best you know teachers and and club pros and retailers in the Canadian PGA. That was that was fun. It was good to uh, catch up with with a lot of them. We saw our old friend Scott Johnson from Mount Bruno. Got to catch up with him. Uh, it, it was it was great to just see everybody again face to face. We've missed that, right? We've missed that part of kind of the you know we've been we started during COVID. We had a nice year, but you know really unable to uh, to meet all the people we needed to meet, even though we're working with them. So that was great. Nick Starchuk. You never know where you're going to run into Nick Starchuk. <laughs> yeah. Nick's an enigma. You know, you know that I think that and I know that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. And uh, throwback uh, Scott Johnson growing up together playing and uh, neat to see just where some of these people are ascending in the game. And, um, and, that was impressive just to see like the turnout from the Canadian contingent there, but also how they celebrate these awards. And, um, uh, there was a right adjacent was the European night as well, which was really well attended. So I think it's just good to see that, you know, you're, you're seeing like the travels coming back and, um, the industry's connecting again. And, um, it's always fun to, to catch up with Rick because here's a guy who's been to, I don't know, probably 30 plus shows, you know, so this is a guy who who knows this show better than most and see how excited he is at the show. Yes. Uh, that, that's nice to see. Like he's, he gets an awesome energy from it. So I think that's important too. Like, it's just, it's fun to go to the show, right? It's, it's fun to be there and to connect with, with other people and see new products. Like you, you get sort of golf giddy. Yeah, and I guess our final piece of what we did was kind of seek out some uh, partners for our Play It Forward program. Uh, I'd say that we've we've not found a lot of great partners for for donating the junior gloves, and I think we're we're back on the right track. I think we're 
we're going to spread them out um, farther than we have. We're going to, you know, it looks like we've got a great relationship building with the Colorado PGA, with the Minnesota PGA, Nebraska PGA. This this could be great. This could be um, something that will get people talking farther than kind of our insulated, like in North Carolina, in Ottawa. I think this will be great to kind of spread it out um, and, and get organizations on board who will be able to pump our tires. Uh, we can work with them instead of kind of, Hey, here's, here's some gloves and we hope you like them. You know, we want them to appreciate them, tell everyone that they appreciate them and then send us, you know, pictures, videos, stories about how they are appreciated. Uh, I look forward to working with all those organizations because I think, uh, I think it's going to be a great thing. Yeah, you're right. But actually one of the coolest things was just bringing the, the kids gloves with us. So we had our, you know, some samples with us just in case someone had never worn and or seen our product. And, and a lot, we realized like a lot of people haven't ever seen the youth glove. It's called the Rook. You know, it comes in eight sizes, it's four sizes in both hands. And it's a really great glove, cool style, great fit. Um, but they're tiny, right? So it's cool for, for people to see them and re- recognize it like, you know, that's our one for one program. And, you know, we've, we've had some great partners on it and we're, but now we're, we're really looking for kind of micro partners, almost like, you know, smaller kids camps and after school programs and just spots where they're doing really cool stuff to bring kids into the game for the first time. And, and maybe, aren't very well funded and and don't get a lot of kickbacks and resources and, and are sort of flying under the radar. They're a perfect fit for us um, because that's, that's kind of who we are too. And we're, we're pretty nimble to work with those organizations and we want to keep gloves in the communities where they're sold. So, you know, we're, we're, we've got a great partnership moving forward. Um, you know, Trevor, who's, who was with the you know Tennessee Golf Foundations now moved on with a a really cool new gig with Clubhouse. We hope to work with those guys too. Got some cool tech and and an awesome kind of road show. It's amazing to see how they uh, how they tour around and bring these big LEDs to events and really make those events um, you know pop. But um, so yeah, no, I'm excited about the Play It Forward program. That was another one of our on our checklist of you know, finding some new partners for that. And we found a bunch. Yeah. So that kind of, that encompassed the PGA show. Uh, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of great news about how January went and how February has gone so far? Yeah. So last year was our first full year of operation. You know, we got into January and it was the first January we'd ever had. Um, it was pretty slow. <laughs> uh, and as one would expect it to be, I guess at that point, we just didn't know, figured it's sort of the off season and coming off the holidays and, and so on. Um, and, um, you know, we nearly tripled our sales from, from last year. Uh, we're three days into February and we've already surpassed our sales from February. Bam. So good is that (laughs) when you, when you texted me that I was like, Oh, that, that seems good, right? That seems very, very, uh, very, very solid. I'm excited about that. I really am. And one of the reasons that 
we did that was because we released two new gloves, one in January, one in February. Uh, our all white glove was the white out, super cool design. And the freeze, which has kind of got the baby blue tab on it. Uh, people are digging those. They really are. I think they've kind of, they've, they, they just pop and, and people have really, uh, more so than the, the fall and even the summer gloves from last year. I think people just got a little bit of a jolt of energy out of it. Maybe it's the winter doldrums. I have no idea, but they were, uh, they've been a hit so far. I'm excited. They, they've been a hit. I mean, I, I think it must be the style. I think people just love that style. I think we've, we've had some fun doing some of the marketing. I mean, you know, they're winter gloves and people ask, you know, are these for the winter? We're like, well, not technically, you know, you can use these in the summer. They're, they're just our, you know, awesome, soft Cabretta leather gloves. But, um, you know, if we're going to do any, any marketing up here, it's going to be in the snow. So we've kind of had some fun with that, but obviously the style appeals and, um, and we're just sort of building some momentum, you know, we're carrying a ton of subscribers and, and that's one of the, the, our goals for this year was to give them, give our subscribers lots of options, you know, nothing worse than kind of like going back to the same glove month to month. And so we want to give a lot of variety and, and this is one where we're really seeing these subscribers. They're the ones who kind of snatch up these new designs pretty quickly and, they're getting pretty familiar with the the back end to be able to make some of those adjustments. So no, we're we're off to a super exciting start. Um, you know, the PJ show comes at a great time. It's that time where you're, you know, you're you've done some planning for the year, but you can still you know add some new things and make some pivots, and certainly feel like we've we've got a good plan for the year. But we definitely. Um, met with some new partners and we hope to, you know, release some more exciting new products and collaborations mostly is, uh, in, in this coming year. I think that was one of our key takeaways was just, we want to keep making the best gloves in the game and that's what we do really well. And then where we find a partner who, who makes some other great products well, then let's not try and reinvent the wheel. So I think you'll see some really fun, cool collaborations that, you know, take some other great products and give them a little bit of a red rooster spin. Yeah, for sure. And it was, it's, it's great to, you know, going through my email files about seeing some of the designs that they're sending through. It's pretty cool. So I look forward to uh, showing the folks those, I think they're going to be, they're going to be great. They're going to be innovative and something that we couldn't do on our own, right? We wouldn't be able to do what, what these, you know, neat little boutique companies who do other great things. They're going to be able to come up with some, some great designs. Uh, Hey, episode three in the books, I'd encourage people to listen to episode four because we're going to have a great guest and uh, I'll keep that under wraps until episode four, two weeks from now drops until then, Carrie, where do people find us? Yeah, you can find us on all of our social handles at Red Rooster Golf or online at redroostergolf.com. So until next time, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Red Rooster Golf Podcast. For my partner, Carrie Moher, I am Brad Fritch. We'll see you again soon. Until then, tee it high, let it fly, and cock-a-doodle-doo.